And while Superman and Batman are like, holy shit, this doomsday guy is pretty strong. I don't know what to do. <laughs> she's just she going looks like it. she's having fucking fun. <laughs> like, dude, yeah. I mean, that whole scene where she like where she's going like toe to toe with doomsday. Face, like, yeah, and, hey. and he knocks her on the ground, and she like slides against the ground, and then just kind of looks up and smiles. <laughs> like oh, I haven't done this in a while. Like yeah, here I come. Alright everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Get Lost Podcast, and tonight we're going to have the always fun, always great, and always knowledgeable about Batman, Tyler Williams. Hello. So Tyler, I figured today we would talk about the DC Extended Universe, or the DC Cinematic Universe? Whichever it is they actually want to be called by, I'm not actually sure. I'm never sure I know DCEU is not correct. Yeah, because they don't like that one, right? They don't, they're not a fan of the well, extended universe. Apparently, it was just some random guy called it that in an article in, in like January of 2015, and it stuck. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then they just... See, I always thought it was like the... No, because Marvel is the MCU, MCU right? right? Yeah, okay. And so the, the DC one, I think everybody just figured would be something like the DC extended universe. Right, because like, like the cinematic universe, technically... But that would be like the DCCU universe. or something yeah, like that. Cause yeah, because like the... They already have a name for the large chunk of animated movies that have been released in the last ten years that are all in the same. Oh, okay. So they, are, they actually already have. A name I think for that? they. I think that may be. It may. It's either the DC animated universe or the DC cinematic universe. But okay. I don't know if they technically count because they're not movie theater movies. Gotcha. gotcha. So I don't know if that would make it cinematic or not. I don't okay. know if I'm making this up. But we're. But we're. We are trying to tonight exclusively talk about the movies though right right the live action because i really want to do one with you when justice league comes out yes i'm right. very interested in that yeah because it looks yeah. good yeah but yeah and i mean uh i think i mean a good place to start is the fact that first of all we're not talking about the christian bale movies <laughs> i just mentioned that downstairs yeah there's we're... still people that do not realize that the batman and batman vs superman is not supposed to be a sequel well, that's because half of those people probably never even saw the third one. That's they just, true. They just think it just keeps on going. Yeah. How did Batman fight all, this All of a sudden, he's like a solid six inches taller and four feet wider across the chest <laughs> than Christian Bale was, and that's okay. Yeah, nothing wrong that with that. That doesn't bother them, but he kills one guy, and all of a sudden, Batman's ruined for him. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. People were kind of complaining about that, right? Yeah. Which, I mean, all right, let's, let's go ahead. We'll just address this one before we get right into the movies, but I think we should address that fact, which is... The whole Batman killing people is kind of ridiculous anyway, because the guy is going to either maim the shit out of you, <laughs> or he's definitely going to kill you. Yeah, sometimes you're better off dead Yeah, after what he's done to these guys. And to be fair, in a lot of the parts of, uh, I just said that wrong, parts of, um, what is it, Batman versus Superman, the guys end up killing themselves. Right. You know? And that was intentional. That was right. intentional. That's something that I read, because people were so upset about it. I kind of want to see what the, the director's... And stuff thought about it. It's just Snyder's straight approach. massacre, man. Just right. straight massacre. Zack Snyder's just, he's approach got like, was that yeah. most of them were killed by proxy. Yeah. So Batman might not pull the trigger on you, except the one guy when he kills uh or the KG Beast. So the guy with the gun. No. KG, okay. KG Beast. He shoots his gas tank. That's right. right. Yeah. Um, okay. But like you know, he'll cause the car to wreck. The car crash killed them. Mm -hmm. You know, instead of him just straight up shooting people. Yeah, like the um, guy with the grenade, like the guy that right, throws like the grenade at like, him and he flings like the grenade back degree, in the room. Yeah, you can't you can't blame him for that. Like no. he has to keep himself alive too. Right. So to me that's the same as oh I could not save him. Right. But um yeah no but like Batman killing people happens. It has happened in the comic books and anybody that's actually read Yeah. You know, anything more than 
you know, just what they've seen on, in the movie theaters. Yeah. Yeah, that rule is kind of fundamental to the character, but he has broken it. And one of my favorite times yeah. was in the uh, was in the uh, uh, Dark Knight Returns, yeah, um, comics when he finally kills the Joker. Yeah, you know, like he's he's not above that, and because there's any uh, spoilers, but snaps his neck right in the title right, book. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, there's a point in Batman's life which they were definitely trying to set us up with and, and the DCU, our introduction to Batman, mm. is Batman almost at that point. He may not have stopped wearing the cape for any extended period of time, yeah. but he's at that point where nothing's, nothing is, is, uh, nothing's off limits at this point because he has had so much loss and so much suffering. Right. Just as Batman in the last few years, he's, they show that he's lost his Robin. You know, In probably a horrific sort of way. Like right. They don't go right into it, but... I mean, the fact that it's like the ha-ha jokes on you written right. on the front of the, the Robin costume probably alludes to, you know, the, I mean, he died in the comic books, or at least one of them did before the return of the Red Hood. Right. Which is, the Joker beat one of the Robins to death with a crowbar. Right. That's pretty dark, and if they if, if they wanted to allude towards something like that, I could see a Batman snapping. Yeah, I mean, I especially know. you're looking at it in a world where they finally address Superman, in the way that Superman would be received in real life. Right, which is the messianic Jesus almost character. Right, like, and there's going to be a very split decision on whether or not we should trust this guy. Mm-hmm. I think that, like, like uh, there's people that, you know, hated on those movies. But putting bringing Superman into today's society, where everybody is right. is a little more connected, a little more aware of things. Like, right. you know, all it takes is one person making the suggestion that this guy could kill us all. Right. And then there's, you're going to split the population on whether this guy's good or bad. Mm. And in the condition that Batman was in psychologically at the time, yeah, I'd be on the side of people that would think he was bad. And I'd just do just about anything in my power mm-hmm. to make sure that he doesn't become another one of those people who I allowed to hurt people I cared about. Right. You know? Exactly. And I think that, uh, I think that it makes sense for Batman to maybe blur that line that he had towed so carefully before. Yeah. To stop a person who could literally, a, you know, a being who could literally wipe out the entire planet if they wanted to. Okay, so you're, and for that one, you're talking about the original Zod where he killed, where Superman killed Zod, right? Or are you talking about Batman? I'm talking about, like, Batman feeling that way about, well, both of them. Both yeah. of them, they kind of, and, yeah. and honestly, Which is good that the Zod, movies are actually dealing with that. Yeah. Right, and him killing Zod yeah. sets him up for that. Right. Because now everybody's seen that. This guy took on another guy who, you know, came in here like a total badass mm-hmm. and snapped his neck. I mean, he did it to save somebody, but well, just like anything yeah. in, in the news now, yeah. everything can be taken out of context. Yeah. Taken out of context. So, you know, I think... And that, that was actually one of my... I, I guess we'll we'll go ahead and ease right into this because um, we'll actually just perfectly transitions to the first Superman movie, which that's where we'll start. Um, the first Superman movie, Man of Steel, for this new iteration i thought when i first saw it i i wasn't insanely happy with it i liked a lot of it though i liked a lot of like the imagery that they were doing the stuff they took out of the comic books like i know they're um when they were doing their trailers for that movie they had that particular um scene with the the kid in the cape and they had that one line of like they'll you know they'll learn to run behind you like you you lead and they'll learn to follow you and that kind of stuff and, and like you will be that hope that uh, the world needs that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I really like that imagery that they put in the film. I think probably my main complaint with that first movie is the way that Jonathan Kent dies, yeah. which is I don't the, disagree with you there. Yeah, the tornado was completely useless. 
didn't make a lot of sense. The fact that you had a kid that could literally just run out there before anybody could see him, shield his dad or save his dad, and then run back and no one would even notice. You know, it's a pretty big cop-out way to just have his dad, right. like, wave him off. Right. Um, but I, I mean, will say... I think it's say, important for the development of his character in the yes, movie. Yeah. But I think it could have been better executed. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I think, though, the, the, like, the main problem that people have with that, which is the main way that Jonathan Kent dies in every iteration of Superman, is the fact that he dies from something that Superman can't, can't save, save him from. from. And that's important. Like, uh, Smallville did a wonderful episode where, you know, his dad ends up dying... And it was, like, due to a heart attack, I think. And he f- comes home and finds him on the, the driveway or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was really well executed because that is the exact thing that you need from Superman, which is you have a, a god, a literal god, who can't save his father due to the failings of the fact that he can't just solve every problem with might. Right, you know? right. And that was important. And I think they, I think they failed in that Man of Steel. But the rest of Man of Steel... I feel like they really they really executed in actually a very good way. I do too. Yeah, I agree, and I think they they took this approach that, again, like I said before, even in Batman vs Superman, mm-hmm. put into perspective what would it actually be like, right? Not just in a, like a, from a political and social like uh, sociological is that a word standpoint? We'll go with we'll it. We'll go with it. Nothing wrong with um, that. But from like just sheer destructive power, mm-hmm. like. You know, putting somebody put the fight between him and Zod to me was really impressive. It yeah. was the first time we ever got to see Superman do what Superman can do yeah. live action. Yeah, and I think one of the reasons the movie struggled because I agree. I think the uh, the weakest the weakest leg of the movie is, is Jonathan Kent's death. Right. Um. But the like, oh my gosh, it, it's gone. The thought just left. Uh oh. Uh oh. Um. <laughs> the. Uh, do we still consider those technical difficulties or? I don't know. <laughs> You'll be able to cut a lot of it out. Where's the thought? It's totally gone. Well, that's okay. It's been a long day. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I'll, I'll spin us to, to a different topic, which is, uh, I don't know how you felt, but I know a lot of people really didn't like the fact that uh, the scene where he saves the kids from the bus, and then later when he's sitting outside, and his dad comes out there and talks to him, and Jonathan Kent, like, Clark asks the question, well, what you know, what was I supposed to do? Just not save him. And his dad makes the comment, maybe. Right. And a lot of people got angry by that. And a lot of them thought, I think, that that's literally what Jonathan Kent meant. But I don't I don't take it that way. I take it as, like, Jonathan Kent saying, like, maybe. Because, I mean, like, the, the world that they're living in is a, if you get caught with powers, this is in the 50s, they will take you from us kind of thing. Right. And in that one, he's trying to explain to him, like, hey, we're, we're trying to keep you safe. We're trying to keep you out of the arms of just people who are going to, like... Experiment on you experiment for the rest of your existence. And, yeah, and take you away from us and that kind of thing. And he's literally just saying, like, yeah, you could have, but we know that you're not. Like, we, we know that you physically can't do that because of the person that you are and that right. kind of thing. Right. That's the way I always saw it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I agree with that. But I think... Um... I think that was just a, a big character flaw with just, especially when it came to him waving him off in a tornado. Like, yeah, one like if you add that piece to that scene, yeah, right, then you're kind of questioning. You're kind of questioning Jonathan Kent's judgment. Period. Yeah. But, yeah. Which is, in, it, like you said, important because 
even even again in Batman vs Superman, they keep going back to him. How important he was to Clark as a father figure. Yeah, you know. So like, there were some really important points that I think he made that the world isn't ready for him. Yeah, and that we saw that in Spades in Batman vs Superman. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, obviously nobody had any problem with them stopping Zod initially yeah. until he started shredding down buildings and stuff. Right. You know, um, but you know, it's it's. I think they address a really good paradox of what it's like to be that powerful in a world where, you know, you also kind of have to live as a human too. Yeah. You know? Well, and that's a, that's a big point is you see, you see these senators and you see other people walking around saying like, Oh, well this strange man that's not from earth is saving us and destroying our buildings at the same time. You know, where does he get off thinking he can do that? And then you cut to the actual character of Clark and Clark's asking the same questions but he just won't. He's not just going to lie down and watch, right? As somebody comes and destroys the world that is essentially home to him, right? Yeah, you know? right. Well, I think you know it's a dimension. There's some dimensions to that character that nobody wanted to think about. Yeah, like, as far as the fans, because people clung really, really hard to Christopher Reeve. Mm-hmm. Really, really hard. And yeah, he was a fantastic Superman, and yeah. his 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 uh, Clark Kent and Superman. You know, the the division he made between those two roles that he was playing at the same time right. was was really impressive. So I think people really wanted him to seem kind of like this weak, you know, frail kind of guy when he wasn't Superman, and then mm-hmm. and then to be this you know unwavering you know symbol of hope, what most people right. are used to. So and so then when you know Superman goes and sits with the uh, the um was the pastor or the yeah, Reverend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sits with him at the end of the movie, and or in the you know towards the end of that movie, and has that conversation. Basically, tells him, you know, hey, that's me. I'm, I'm, I'm Superman, and I don't know what to do here. Yeah, you know, that's that's a tough thing for people to swallow when you're used to. Yeah, you know. Well, exactly, because even even when they did that uh, Brandon Routh movie, um, that that particular Superman was still that unwavering protector. I mean, he he didn't shy away from anything, right? You know, he and it, it it was one of those characters that the more you watched it, the more you felt, well, this is a character who lived up on Earth, but somehow has like just way better morals than anybody else on Earth, which right. is fine. That's the way you write it in the comic books and stuff like that. But I definitely think with Henry Cavill, they've tried to establish that, like, no, he grew up, he had his teen years, his teen years sucked ass. Like, really bad. Like, that scene where, you know, he's freaking out because of the x-ray yeah. and the heat vision stuff. Like, take your teen years that everybody else had where you're unsure of yourself and, you know, you're scared of everything. Your life is changing all the time with different things. Now, throw on top of that the fact that you can see through people's clothes, you can <laughs> burn doors down and everything else. Like, yeah, that's a little, that you know, that would definitely lead to a little bit of issues right. later on. And right. I, I think that's definitely what happened. And I think that, you know, the, well, I don't want to get ahead of where we're, where we're um, our little plan here. But, mm. like, I think that we're going to see a change in that. Mm-hmm. I think that um, when, if, when, we know, when Superman returns in right. yeah. Justice League, um, we're going to see a different Superman. Right. I'm okay with that, mm-hmm. but I also think what they did up until that point is incredibly important. Um, yeah, because you know, like I said, I I have to give the DC Extended Universe to this point huge props for 
making some of these characters more real. And it's mm. something that we've talked about before. I know that this exact phrase has been said in your podcast before, I'm sure, um, that Marvel has was usually men, described as men trying to be gods. Yeah. And DC is gods trying to be, be men. men. Mm. And they show a lot more of that struggle than I feel like people are used to with DC. I think so, too. Yeah, yeah. I do agree. I do agree. And, I mean, you know, the, the other thing is people complain about the two, but the... The fact of the matter is, like, right now, those two cinematic universes are, are not... Yeah, well, actually, completely different. Because you have Marvel, which is... Essentially, Marvel is a comic book on screen. Which is great. Because, I mean, I, I like that. I like going to see these very vibrant, very beautiful movies and stuff. But DC, like you said, has been doing the more, like... I guess you could say gritty. I would say gritty, but I wouldn't say, like, dark. Like, because it's not really dark. It's just more human, to right. be honest. You right. Know? Like, they're working very hard on making their characters flawed individuals, which is something that DC has never really been good at. Like, mm-hmm. almost all of their characters all the time are non-flawed until later. Like, you know, maybe around the 80s you had some changes in the comic books and stuff like that. But for the most part, like, Bruce Wayne isn't, a, isn't like a self-doubter. You know what I mean? Like, he is not only a great, like, I guess superhero with no powers. This is also, the, like, the world's greatest detective. Like, right. he's brilliant. Right. You know, and and that's one of the things. Like, people always say, like, oh, Bruce Wayne doesn't have superpowers. In the comic books, he kind of does. He's a super genius. Right. You know, I mean, he's got contingency plans on everyone. He's, like, extremely smart when it comes down to, like, the people that he's fighting, he's always got some sort of plan going on. Like, that's a superpower. And same goes for the rest of their lineup, which is you have Superman, whose one main fa- uh, failing is magic and, uh, what's the other one? Uh, kryptonite. So, <laughs> a rock. Kryptonite. You know? um, and then you have Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman is primarily super strong, super fast. I guess the hardest thing for her would be fitting into a, the human world, just like Superman. I mean, she doesn't really have a rock that you can throw at her and stop right. her, and magic doesn't really seem to do anything, but she's made out of clay, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's something. But then you have people like, you know, Green Lantern is the same thing. Like, Hal Jordan was never a self-doubter. Like, recently, I think they tried to etch some stuff in there with him. But, dude, Hal Jordan... And the early comic books and the later ones was fairly sure of himself, which is why I got a ring that's completely made up of willpower. Like right. this guy doesn't waver in his will. Like you know, and I, that's, I think that's one of the things with DC is they've always been that way. So now they're trying to make their characters more human, which, like you said, I'm sure audiences haven't really seen that or had to sit through a movie and go, "Oh shit, well maybe Superman is fallible." Right. Which yeah. Well, I think that's you know that's that's the impression they wanted you to to take from Superman, but for Man of Steel in the beginning, the very beginning of Batman vs Superman, right. they wanted you to take that away that he could be. But what they were doing was setting you up feeling what he's feeling. Mm-hmm. They're not they're not ever coming out and saying yeah. what Superman did was wrong. Yeah, you know, no one ever said that. Yeah, they want you to feel what he's feeling. Yeah. they want you to understand where he's coming from and why what kind of thoughts he has yeah. because from the outside in most cases there's probably plenty of people that in that in that universe see Superman and think that he didn't even think twice about it that yeah. he didn't have to yeah and as the audience we get that 
what is that situational irony? I guess. Yeah. yeah. So, Where yeah. we know how the, the you know the hero feels. Yeah. Where you won't you don't get that if you mm-hmm. were just watching it as the citizen in Metropolis and Man of Steel or whatever. You know? Right. Yeah. So yeah. I think you don't get to see. They're just showing us the other side of the curtain, basically. Yeah. You know, yeah. and um, in the end, the result might still be the same. But it's just a struggle we haven't had to visualize before. Yeah. Yeah. Which is good. I mean, yeah, we've, we've said it several times. It's a, one of the best parts of Man of Steel is that eventual setting up for... Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I don't know where I was going with that, actually. <laughs> but no, I mean, uh, so leading on, I mean, from Man of Steel, which, you know, was a good starting place. Albeit kind of rocky, but it was a good starting place. Lots of phallic things yeah well i mean of... there's just lots of weird points i mean like the part where he goes to kill zod and the families there absolutely if it had been left alone powerful moment which is you know he's been breaking down buildings and taking down stuff and the loss of life has been <laughs> astronomical <laughs> including the small town that he's that he was in earlier that right. he fucked that up um but yeah that that last moment where he looks across the room and sees that zod is about to kill this family and you can tell he doesn't want to kill him. Like, even though Zod has literally stood across from him and said, I was built for the one purpose of protecting Kryptonians. You've taken that away from me. I'm going to fucking level this planet and kill every human being on the face of it. Like, that to me was an extremely powerful moment. Because that was telling you, like, Zod's not going to stop. Like, there's no, there's no end there. So, at the very final moment, when he's getting ready to laser beam an entire family... And you can still see Clark struggling with that. With like, I I have to do this. There's no other option, you know, other than kill him. I thought that was wonderful because like you said, the rest of the populace in Metropolis, while yes, they saw a massive amount of loss of life, they also know Superman killed Zod for him. You know, he, right. he, he did this. Right. What they don't see is Clark going home at night having to deal with the fact they killed somebody. You know, which Not is just somebody, the last living member of his race. race. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, no, well, one other thing before we jump away from Superman that we didn't talk right. about yeah. at all, which I, I'm surprised we didn't bring up. What did you think about him being the Codex? And him oh, like them actually the key, putting the Codex right, in the, him? Right, him being the key to repopulating a planet with Kryptonians. I thought it was interesting. Um, I don't think it was a bad move. I think I think in in the end, if you actually think about it, it was probably the 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 right move, right, for Jarrell to do because obviously you had Zod who has no problem annihilating a planet um, to bring back his, which is not a good thing. Like you know, that's not that's not just like self sacrifice. That's I'm literally gonna fuck up your planet, kill everybody, and then remake it with us. Yeah. Whereas it felt like Jor-El was putting exclusively into Kal-El because he felt like hopefully my son, like hopefully he will be a good person when he grows up and be better than the people that we were. Right. You know that kind of stuff, and you know. Yeah. And I felt that was important. Like, you know, if if he is gonna be the Codex, if he's gonna be the one that restarts the whole process, then yeah, it should be the person that has. That actually ended up with good moral right so do you think with the um now that we have an extended universe because at the end of that movie you didn't Mm. at the end of that movie you had Superman Mm. that's all you that's all you still knew existed for sure right he's still the codex now you introduce 
The Flash, Batman, Cyborg, Wonder Woman. Right. New technology. Um, some of the smartest people in the DC universe. Mm-hmm. He's still the Codex. Do you think that they could or should go back and address him having the option to bring back some Kryptonians? And do you think that... I think that that could be a good plot line for, you know, does he think that if he brought back, brought them back... Or maybe this was more... Maybe this was addressed in Man of Steel. Maybe it was to an extent. When he killed all of them, well, when he killed Zod and took yeah. out the ship, made the decision that that should never be done? Or do you think that's something that he still hasn't decided on? Because I, I think I mean, they I, could figure I, out how to do it. I thought that he was kind of like at the point of... like Like... I thought he was kind of at the point of Krypton had its chance. If I'm not mistaken, there was that scene where he was like, uh, was he like knocked out or like on something or like uh, Zod was showing him some sort of dream sequence. Yeah. But he's standing on top of all those skulls right. or whatever. And he, I think he literally ends up making the decision of like, no, Krypton had its chance and it's not here anymore because of the choices that they made. But these people still have a, a choice and a chance. And I think they, I mean, maybe they could bring it up later, like, you know, another planet or something like that. Or maybe they could even bring up like restarting the bottle city of Kandor or something like that from him. I don't know. Something, but like, yeah, I kind of feel like maybe he's made that choice of like humans are the ones that I live with now. Right. And they're the ones that I'm given the chance to, you know, to what that brings me to kind of just another general point about these the dc movies so far i feel like with the marvel movies very yeah. good very interesting stories right not always completely predictable yeah they've, you, they've thrown a couple of a couple curveballs, of curveballs yeah. in there uh-huh. um but overall i feel like it's pretty linear the story is going to go this way yes i feel like in the dc universe they could take a sharp left turn at any point off of any number of plot points and wreck anything anybody thought was coming do i think i do i think they will Probably not until they know the franchise is dead and they're going to throw one last thing in there. Yeah. Like, I was just, it was just, the one thought just popped in there. Yeah, the thought just popped in there a minute ago that, like, if everything is coming to an end and you're like, you got enough money for one more movie and you're going to do one more and that's it. Yeah. Do Justice League Doom. Okay. I don't think I ever. Is the, that's the one. Justice League Doom is, unless I'm mixing it up, and I'm sure somebody will correct me if I am. Um, Justice League Doom is the one where Mirror Master gets Batman's plans to take out the Justice League. Was it Doom or was it uh, was that Babylon? Didn't they have one called Babylon where they have it? I don't maybe, know. It's probably maybe. maybe it's the same thing. It might be, and this is mine's but, just a movie adaptation. Yeah. Um, but I would love to see somebody get Ben Affleck's, ben Affleck's plans to take out you know all these characters that we've seen so far. Yeah. You know. No, it'd be great. Save yeah. for his plan to take out um, the Green Lantern, where he just crushes him emotionally by giving him an impossible choice to save people. Yeah. Thought that the way that that was done, at least in the movie, the animated movie was a little lame. They should do it like that comic book they had. Uh, did you ever read uh, All-Star Batman Robin? No, I didn't. It's not popular by most people, to be honest. I thought it was fucking hilarious and would totally watch that if they played it out. But essentially what it is is uh, his way of bringing down Green Lantern in that movie is, you know, Green Lanterns have the uh, the weakness to yellow. For, right. Because Parallax was in the battery for a long time. Um, so, anyway, Batman uh, goes to a safe house, paints it all yellow, paints himself yellow, paints Robin yellow, 
and invites Green Lantern over. So Green Lantern walks to the door and they close it and he can't do anything. His powers are completely useless in this thing. And then like he just keeps laying it on even thicker. Like he offers him lemonade and everything else. Like, it's just it's just a whole sequence. Of <laughs> That's him some just 1966 like, Batman stuff. Uh, but it, it's all like him being like super dickish to him, <laughs> which is great. And it literally ends up with like. I think he threatens them or something like that, and the the Robin ends up like stabbing uh, Green Lantern in the throat, or like no, he hits him, he hits him, and it like crushes his windpipe, and Batman has to like tracheotomy him like with a pin to get him breathing again. It's pretty violent, <laughs> but um, yeah, like I I thought that was wonderful, but yeah, 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 like no, I would, I would yeah. love to see like. The Batman's plans get out and, like, you know, yeah. bring it down to people. Yeah, because yeah. I thought that was, uh, yeah, that could just be one of those things that they could do. It's a know? good idea. And, they, yeah. and like, we, I'm still totally up in the air about what they're going to do, you know, with some of these, like, with Flashpoint. Yeah. That's a huge opportunity. Yep. It better not blow it. Mm. It better not blow it. But, but you know, you announce something like Flashpoint, and I haven't, I know what Flashpoint was in the comics. Yeah. Not the, not exactly the same thing as Flashpoint even was in the TV show. Yeah, you know, so that to me is exciting because the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, you announce a movie title, and I can almost guess based on that title. Yeah, what's going to happen? Who's going to live? Who's not going to live? You yeah, know? and and nobody's really died yet. Yeah, because they all come back somehow. Mm. Um, but you know, we'll see. Well, except for there are some. There are some exceptions. James Gunn has openly stated that he doesn't like characters coming back. So, right. if they've died in a James Gunn movie, which is the Guardians of the Galaxy, not coming back. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but dead and dead. Yeah. But a lot of other characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe have done that. Mm-hmm. Have just not stayed dead. Yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see where they go as well for the DC stuff. But, I mean, where they've been so far... Alright, so... Let's let's move this on. We'll go. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Batman vs Superman. Um, I know you were a very big fan of it. I was. Um, I was in. I was okay with it. I was more of a fan when I finally got to see the director's cut. Agreed. Because the director's cut added a lot to that movie that I think they should have had. Does not matter what you think of of length. That movie need to be had to be seen by people and appreciated for the director's cut. Because the the other one was seriously lacking, absolutely like, whole moments. Yeah, yeah. No, they they added a lot of just, and you're talking about many different, very short snips of information. Yeah, like one of the ones that I thought was huge, and I don't consider this spoilers because if you've seen Batman vs Superman and you did not go to see the director's cut, you're wrong. <laughs> um, you you need to see the director's cut. So uh, one of the scenes where, uh, um, and I'm. Almost 100% sure this was added when um, Lois makes the connection in the guy's apartment that he didn't know he was going to die. The guy blew up the chair. Yeah, I believe that was added. Yeah. yeah. So, like, they may have shown her in there before, mm-hmm. but, like, that little... That, and it's because I've only ever watched the director's cut since it, cut since it came out. Sorry, did you say director's cut? <laughs> I did. We're going to pause there for a minute. I need to cut that out. <laughs> I apologize for that. Um, <laughs> That one little blip in the in the director's cut where yeah. she opens the refrigerator and he has groceries. Yeah, like that was huge for like the audience too because if you're in the you know it was obvious to most people that Lex Luthor blew it up like yeah. that was the whole thing. But yeah. you know, little things like that add a lot to the situation. Uh, her whole interaction with um the girl from uh, the Hunger Games. 
that played the lab tech that people wanted to be Barbara Gordon and she wasn't. I think I knew what you're talking about. She like she was just in a couple scenes and it was yeah. where um like that's where she found that the chair was made from lead. Yeah. Like so you couldn't. You see dropped that part of the plot. Like you didn't explain how like the fact that he couldn't see through the chair if he wanted to. Yeah. That was huge. Yeah. Because Lex Luthor did everything he could to manipulate Superman and so makes, that he yeah. thought that that was his fault. Yeah. You know he couldn't have stopped it if he wanted to because he couldn't see it through. The, he couldn't see it happening. Yeah. You know and and those little things were were really important for yeah. for the plot of that movie. I, yeah, I agree with you on that. It's, it, well, and that's the thing too is I'm sure people would have if it had been in there, people would have said that it was too heavy handed on making that plot known. But to be honest, like I think there was one giveaway line, which was Superman like late like stated after it happened when he landed at Lois Lane's thing that he couldn't see. That he said he, I couldn't, he couldn't see, see it, it. But yeah, no, I um, I completely agree. I think that the director's cut added a lot to that movie. I think the same thing happened with the movie that came after it, which was Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. To be honest, um, I still am not a huge fan of Suicide Squad. I think it failed on multiple different areas. Um, but I think some of the areas that people are mad about it, some of the scenes with Joker and, and Harley, it's fair if you've only seen the main movie. If you've seen the director's cut, there's a lot more there. Yeah. But they tried very hard to explain that like Joker wasn't nice to Harley either. Right. At any point. Like there's a whole point where she wasn't she like driving at him in yeah. the truck or something like that? And he just like stands there. I mean, he was like literally like that's free. the Dark yeah. Knight where he's like hit yeah. me, hit me. No, yeah. It was the reverse. Yeah, he's driving and she cuts him off in the motorcycle, and she stands in front of him. That's where like he yeah. pissed her off to the point that she is willing to let you run her over if that's what you want to do. But she has something she wants to say to you, right? And that's how much it's worth to her to get to say it. Yeah, you know. And, yeah, and that I thought that particular scene added a lot more to their relationship. Well, dude, because if you just watch the the main movie. It's not there. It's I know it's really good, right? <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, no, I um I completely agree. It's it's not there. Like that, everybody was like, "Well, it just doesn't feel like Joker and Harley really." Have, and it's like, yeah, if you just see the main movie, it's not there. Well, and that's like the you thing. Know? It was it was. To me, I was almost on the other side of that, where it's seeing the main movie, I was like, they got along too well. Yeah. You know, yeah, he shocked her, you know, messed her brain up in Arkham. Right. But after that, they painted this picture that they were this very happy couple. Yeah. And well, they're by not... dropping the Alex Ross, which is complete fan service. Right. By doing the Alex Ross thing in there, you know. But that's not what their relationship was. Some exactly. of my favorite episodes in the animated series were, you know, when, when Batman convinces Harley that, look, he is not good to you not good for you he doesn't care about you he never has right nothing you can do will get his attention the way you want it to Mm -hmm. so adding that bit of their relationship in there where he kind of doubles back on himself because he's seen her do you know pull out in front of him and be crazy that's interesting to him for a second right but he and all he does is wants her back because i mean just like any unhealthy relationship it's it's you know, it's, it's just it's, toxic. It's very it's a, selfish. She doesn't a, want yeah. her back because he cares for her. He wants her back because she's his. Yeah. And, you know, I thought that other than his reaction um, when she falls out of the helicopter, right. the main plot of the movie didn't really cover that to me. Yeah. So I guess his reaction to the helicopter almost contradicts my argument. Because reaction to the helicopter made it look like he actually cared. Yeah. But that well. would not be enough by itself 
if you had seen the rest of the scenes that they had together. Right. And we still didn't see half the scenes that they had together. Right. There was so much Joker that was cut from that movie, and I think that's unfair. I I will say that I, I yeah, because the fact that it was cut that 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 much, and then they also added fact of you you didn't make Joker the main villain. Right, and the even even the uh, opportunity for it. David Ayer has come back and said that he regrets that decision. Yeah, that he should have made Joker the primary villain in the first. Well, around. because what happens is you you end up getting you get a, you end up getting the brother of uh, Moonstone. What's her name? Not Moonstone. Doctor Moon. It was Doctor Moon, but it's but uh, it's uh, Enchantress. Enchantress. That's right. So you end up getting the brother of Enchantress. For the first, like, 30 minutes, where, he, like, he's the one that's, like, setting up a bunch of this stuff. Then you have her flip and become, like, this goddess that's trying to do something. I felt like that was the weakest the weakest uh, leg of that whole movie was all of a sudden, she is 100% free mm-hmm. and totally wrecking stuff with her brother as this, you know, like, all-powerful witch. And it yeah. just seemed like, it was like, okay, she's a prisoner, and then in the blink of an eye, she's not. Yeah. And there was no plan, there was no explaining how it worked, because yeah. if she could do that, then she could have done that the very second that she got into June Moon's body and didn't have control over her heart. Exactly. And yeah. So waiting to that point didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So that that the villain was the weakest part of that movie. The yeah. only thing that I liked that they used Enchantress for and, and her brother was seeing Diablo in the end. Yeah, I agree. You know, because I, I can't think of a plot using the Joker where Diablo could get that big and fight something and that would be a major, you know... Climax yeah. in the movie, yeah. you know. So I'll give them points for that, but you know, those people should not have been able to defeat Enchantress on any level. No, not at all. That group, no but way. There was a perfect moment in that movie that purely sums up how crazy of an idea it was to put that as the villain, right? Which is Harley turns around and goes to like, what was it? Walk out there with a bat or a hammer or something right. like that, and it's like. No, like that doesn't work. Right, like she might be that crazy, and I could see that in the cartoon, maybe. Yeah. But in that movie, Diablo was the only one with powers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had Floyd Lawton, who's a good shot. Yeah. You had Boomerang. You had Croc, who, yeah, he's strong and stuff, but... Yeah, it's Slipknot. He died in like two seconds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you mean the guy from Joe Dirt? Yeah. Um, like, these characters... Do not go toe to toe with Enchantress. Definitely not. Not without, yeah, you know, some brains. Because honestly, they didn't have it. They yeah. didn't have the brains to take down Enchantress. No, I they didn't, yeah. had this awkward fight scene at the end of the movie where all of a sudden, hand to hand combat takes down this witch who is literally materializing this mega weapon yeah. out of anything she could suck up off the streets. Yeah. And what kind of sense does that make? And that no. really disappoints me because otherwise, I like the movie. Yeah, I like the characters. I like the, I like characters. the cast. Yeah, I, I thought it was all really well done. I will say, and maybe you agree, maybe you don't. I fucking hated the fact because Will Smith playing Deadshot, right? Mm-hmm. All right, I hated the fact that for a while you saw him in the mask, and I was like, "Fuck, that is cool looking." And then immediately they start this new mission, and it's just all Will Smith's face. And I'm like, dude. At this point in the game, if you haven't figured out that if you got a character that wears a mask. Keep the fucking mask on. I agree. Like I'm not shitting on Will Smith because I actually like Will Smith. And I thought he did a neat. I thought I liked his interpretation of Floyd Lawton. I did as well. Just put the fucking mask back right. on. Like <laughs> when I put this thing on, people die. Like dude, you've been killing people the whole movie. Fucking time. Yeah. Put yeah. your mask on. And not only that, but at the end of the movie, when people should be dying, 
You don't have a mask on. Right. Put the mask on if you're going to make a comment like that. Yeah. Yeah. Deadshot. Yeah. Deadshot uh, yeah. dead wears the mask to me. Yeah. And but you know what that is? Yeah. That's because it's Will Smith. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. It's absolutely just because he, his face had to be X amount of screen time. And that is literally one of the biggest problems I have with Hollywood is we have seen movies where they can do this. Like you have uh, Judge Dredd, um, the newest one with Carl Urban. Where's the mask the entire time? One of the best movies I've seen in a long time. And I know it's Carl Urban. Like, I know the voice. I know the mannerisms <laughs> that he does. Like, I know that's Carl Urban. But at the same time, I don't see his face. So he's fucking Judge Dredd to me through that whole movie. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, there is not a moment in that movie where I get, like, right. And there's large taken parts. Out, there is know? large parts of that movie where, okay, this is the Fresh Prince. Mm-hmm. As... Deadshot. You know what I mean? Like, right. And that's that's tough with any actor who has a big career when yep. they go into movies with fan bases like this. Yeah. Um, but, again, like, the directors and stuff should also have the nerve to say, look, I'd like to have you in the movie, but I'm not catering to your ego and putting your face in it the whole time just yeah. because you don't want to wear the mask. Yeah. Or, it's like, look, you can do 10% of this movie. Or adjust the mask a little bit. Because yeah. there's plenty of iterations of... Yeah. Of Deadshot where he's not wearing a full-blown mask like that. Yeah. Now, do I think that his mask was absolutely awesome? Yeah. Yes. Yes, I do. But if that was the issue, I'd rather him wear a half mask the whole time yeah. that showed like this much of his face. Yeah. yeah. like Kind of like Batman's mask does. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have seen that the whole movie than the amount of time he had with no mask on. Right. Or at least something on his eye. Yeah. There's something on his... Because, you know, the implication is that maybe he can't shoot quite that good with no other aid. Yeah. You know, he can shoot really, really well, but at a distance and stuff, Yeah, you know, he's got that mask for a some, reason. That's an like enhancement. a little bit of help, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would have, uh, I would have liked to have seen a mask more. I yeah. thought that um, Killer Croc for me was interesting. Like, I kind of wish they had gone with, you know, Killer Croc from the animated series where mm-hmm. he's, like, from New Orleans yeah. or something instead yeah. of, like, this kind of gangster yeah. that he was. Well, all right, real quick on the gangster thing. That was a problem throughout this movie, throughout Suicide Squad. Like, that was, for me, I don't know how you felt, that was the biggest problem I felt with the Joker, too, is instead of, I'm sure they were trying to keep away from the complete, like, anarchy of Heath Ledger's Joker, but by taking away the anarchy part, which is paramount to the Joker, it's literally just someone that doesn't care, and instead making him to be, like, some sort of, like, two-bit gangster... Like, I mean, he's, like, hanging out in a strip club. Um, at one point, he's, like, in the penthouse surrounded by guns and stuff. I'm like, this isn't this isn't the kind of Joker that you really want. You want a Joker that's completely unbridled, unafraid, and living, like, penny to penny. Right. Because he just doesn't give a shit. Right. Like, that was a wonderful part of the... Right, because like, even if he had money... Yeah. He wouldn't be the kind of person who operates like he has money. You right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's not the kind of person who would just purchase things because he has the money to do it. Right. He could have a he could have a million dollars cash in his pocket, right. and he'd probably still go steal something yeah. rather than pay for it. Yeah, you know, even if he could get it on the black market, even if he can get it with very little effort. Yeah, he'd still just steal it for the show. Yeah, and which was made like perfectly in the the Christopher Nolan Batman, mm-hmm. because the Heath Ledger Joker during that one burns a warehouse full of stolen mob money because he doesn't give a shit. Right, like, it, that's not the important part to him. And, half and, of the mob's money. Sorry. Oh, half. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's just. But that, that was a huge problem. Is they just they they addressed it as he was like some sort of like gangster. Right. How do you negotiate failure. with him? Yeah. You know? 
Uh, yeah, I think that was missing with the Joker because you, you got the impression that maybe you could buy him off or something if you yeah. really wanted to. Yeah. Now, do I think that he, that uh, that uh, Jared Leto's Joker would accept an offer like that? No, no way. Yeah. But they give this outward appearance that that's something that matters to him. Yeah. Like the only glimpse of who I think that he should have been that you get is kind of when he's like, here, take Harley, take Harley, and not, now you're dead. Yeah. You know, with uh, Common. Yeah. Like, which kind of disappointed me, honestly, because I kind of hoped Common would be somebody in yeah. the movie, you know, because everybody knew he was going to be in it. Um, but I thought that scene was important, you know. It's yeah. like, all right, you know, realistically, it could have been any girl. They made yeah. it Harley. But, you know, Joker just kind of offered somebody because he felt like it. He wasn't really disrespected in any way. Yeah. He just kind of felt like it. Yeah. You know? just, and that, that was it for, for Common's character. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I think that they, the gangster, I understand why they did it because... The Heath, the Joker in Christopher Nolan's Batman, Heath Ledger's right. Joker, was not a public character. No. As much as the Joker has been in the past. Right. Joker can be a very public character. Joker is the, you know, like he was on TV a couple times in The Dark Knight, but his stint as the Joker in the public was very short. Right. So yeah. if you have a Joker who's been in the public for... So say, let's say 10 years maybe he's been in the public or 5 years he's been in the public yeah. as the Joker in the DC Extended Universe at that point what would he be doing with his time mm-hmm. you know and so you have to give that character some kind of yeah. something you know to have going on other than sitting in an empty apartment planning how you're going to take out the Batman yeah. which not would not be untrue to what Joker yeah. would be doing sometimes but you know but see, um, and, that, and that was actually one of the things that I really liked in the uh, comics that I wish they had worked more into this line of movies than they did, obviously. But I think, so, Batman vs. Superman, you have Batman retired, essentially. I mean, he's not really, like, he kind of comes back after the whole Superman stuff and starts hunting down some people and stuff. But for all intents and purposes, it's it's made clear that Batman has not been in full operation like he had been in the past. Right. The thing that I liked about the comics and about the, uh, I think it's the Dark Knight Returns, mm-hmm. was that when Batman gives up the 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 operations of Batman and retires for all intents and purposes, the Joker winds up in a mental institution and just vegetables himself. Right. Because he doesn't have anything else to live for. It's right. not fun for him right. to be out there. With and, no opponent. And with no opponent that can that can do anything to him. I thought that was super important. And I wish they had worked that into, like, this one. Like, I wish that they had shown Jared Leto's Joker as, like, insanely bored. Right. With, with life. But he just right. seemed more of, like, you know, I, again, a, just another gangster character. That you would put well, in, a, a, in a strip club, you know. Another thing that I've read recently that uh, is disappointing to me, interesting and disappointing, is that right now, at this point, every movie in the DC Extended Universe has happened in chronological order. Okay. So, what the what I, from what I understand, it was you know, Man of Steel happened, Batman vs. Superman happened, Suicide Squad was after Batman vs. Superman. So, hypothetically, Batman is reoperating now, maybe Joker is back into that. Yeah. Okay, I'm back, kind of thing. Yeah. However, the rest of the stories that have been planned are still Wonder Woman was linear. It was told as a flashback. Yeah. So remember, yes, it took place, took place 
in World War One. Right. But it didn't. She told that story from present day in the Louvre. Yeah. You know, when she gets that picture from Bruce Wayne. And then, yeah. <laughs> and do you think she she's... flies at the end, or is it just a really big jump? I hope she's flying. Does she, does she fly in the comic books now? Does she? No, I think she she flies with, like, the invisible jet. Oh, that's right. But, yeah. But, no, I took it as, like, a big leap anyway, because it just looked that way. Like, her running and then, like, just slamming out there and then doing the, the whole pullback. Like, she was, you know. It, I think right. it was just, to be honest, it was just end of the movie yeah. imagery. Yeah. You know? um, but, yeah, so they said that um, Aquaman is taking place after the events of Justice League and all that and how, how those events affected Atlantis. Um from what I read, this was like this week that I saw this. Um, so Wait, it's taking place after Justice after League? Justice League, because what I'd really like to see is the Batman movie take place before Justice League. That's what yeah. I really want. Yeah, but I don't know that it will. I doubt that it will. Yeah, because I would give anything to see who did you have, or give me, or at least please give me a flashback of whoever that was in the Robin suit. Yeah, you know, like. I need to see that. And I what need... happened? Right. Like, right. If, if the Joker beats him to death with a crowbar, show it. Right. Like, give give, give me the kind of emotional response that, you know, you, that people deserve to see, which is the Batman realizing that this crazy motherfucker just beat a kid to death with a crowbar. Right. Like, that, that would affect the Batman that we know and right. obviously has pushed him to that point right you know? pushed yeah. pushed a Batman to the point where he's branding people with the bat insignia and stuff I you know? kind of like that oh I did too because like I don't see that yeah. as any different than kicking somebody's teeth in you know like the the people um, they brought up they actually brought up the movie that guy that he branded in the beginning of the movie ends up getting killed in prison yeah because he's, he's branded, branded as a rat a bat, yeah. yeah he's branded as somebody who rolled on everybody yep. now anybody that got that ran into the bat it was, you know, you maybe you weren't branded, but when you rolled up in prison, people yeah. knew yeah. that you were the guy that talked to the bat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. So, you might have been the last one left walking. Yeah. You know? Like, you got arrested, you you rolled on us. Like, you know. Yeah. So, so you like, might as well just kill me because I'm going to die anyway. Right. So, it's yeah. it's it's something that they um really brought to the surface, but I don't think it's something that wasn't already happening. Yeah. You know? Um. So like you know, I, I kinda like that they that they did that. Yeah. You know? And I, I just, love I love that he brought that out at the end on Jesse Eisenberg of Batman or Superman and then, and then hit the wall. Hit the wall and so because he's um, trying to be like the better Right, because he's he's, Cause he's way, yeah, that's what he says, like we need to be better. That's like right. what he's talking about with the loss of Superman, like we need to be better for him. Right. Well now now Lex Luthor's not in Justice League, so Yeah. All his scenes have been cut. That's kind of a shame. And uh all of Iris West's scenes have been cut. It's a shame too. There's also an imp- an, uh, a rumor that she might not be from the current time period. So she might be like a Flashpoint character or something right, like that like that comes some... out of like the Flash time fuckery. Right. Okay. Right. So I think that's interesting. <laughs> time fuckery. Time fuckery, man. <laughs> I like it. That's, that's I what think it that's is. interesting, but um, the yeah, show I mean, is it, filled it, with it. The, yeah, the it show? is. Yeah. It absolutely is. So filled I, with time fuckery. That's all it is. <laughs> I hope they do it better than they did in Batman vs Superman. Because mm-hmm. since we're, I think we're at Batman vs Superman now at this point. Um, that scene, so important to the plot. Yeah. So incredibly important to the plot, but nobody knew what it meant. Yeah. And I saw this fantastic comic little strip explaining what happened um but in short it's you know this is what we're gonna see now in justice league Mm -hmm. is what happened after ezra miller came back and told batman what 
you know, whatever it was, that you, whatever you thought he meant when he told him. Yeah. Regardless of what you interpret it as. The events that we saw after that happened were different than whatever was happening when Ezra Miller ran back and told him. Yeah. So that's the first thing you need to remember. Yeah. You know, so Batman's dream was whatever the future was. That future now no longer exists. Right. So you might get excited. You might want to see Nightmare Bat- Batman again. We might see something similar. That version of that future does not exist anymore. Yeah. Now that Flash has come back and warned him. Yeah. So whether you whether you didn't like that he said Lois was the key or whether you didn't understand why he said Lois was the key, it might not even be relevant. He yeah. came back and said, I'm too soon. It might yeah. not be relevant to what we saw the rest of that movie. Yeah. You know? And people don't get that. And that's fine because it didn't make sense. They, yeah. It's like they took this movie that was going really, it was the story was going okay and they did this like, boom! Yeah. Well, well, perfect example is Marvel did that with the uh, Thor Ragnarok piece where yeah. they just let Thor walk into a, a, the well of memories right. and then suddenly have this big moment and then he's gone. Right. You know? Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, they, it was poorly executed Mm-hmm. But incredibly important, and exactly if that had if Batman if Batman hadn't seen that he's smart enough to have figured out whatever was going on because right. we didn't get that future. Yeah, that future was near like that mm-hmm. wasn't like years from then because Lois had just been killed in yeah. that future. Mm-hmm. Whatever damage was there was because of when you know Darkseid showed up. I'm assuming because you had the giant Omega symbol in the dirt. Right. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Uh, you know, in the in the nightmare scene. Um, but they have to do better than that with the Flashpoint movie. Yeah. Like you have got to lay me down some threads to follow that really make sense. Yeah. Or that movie's going to flop. I mean, yeah. it's not going to flop. And it'll do well in the box office. Yeah. It won't make any sense. And it's, it's not that like audiences can't get that. It's literally that the people that are getting it are extreme fans right. of the property. The people that were getting it were fans. Like you, know, like you, me, my friend Stuart. Like we were all of understanding of what that was. But most audiences weren't able to, A, even understand what the hell was going on because they've never, probably never seen that before. And B, there were no, there were no lines. There were no, there was nothing even to kind of grasp. Right. And, and well, start to Well, people didn't even know together. it was The Flash. Yeah. And I honestly, I can't say I blame them. Yeah. Most people that saw that movie probably didn't even know that Ezra Miller had been cast as, as the, Flash. the Flash. Yeah. And even if they did, there wasn't really any, like the insignia wasn't real obvious. Like yeah. he was wearing the ridiculous apocalyptic armor that he wears when he gets into the heavy time traveling mm-hmm. because that's safer than just doing it in his regular suit. Yeah. Like that's, that's information that nobody in the general population had. Yeah. So that scene was doomed to, you know, From the beginning, wreck yeah. that movie for some people. And, uh, you know, they, 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 they just gotta do better. They gotta do better, man, because I like Ezra Miller's Flash and early reviews yeah. of Justice League. He's the favorite character in the movie. Oh, yeah, I can imagine that, yeah. So, I, you know, it's... And I'm sure he's going to time travel in Justice League. Yeah. I'm sure we're going to see that. Oh, yeah. Um, All right, well, we're getting close to the end. we got one more movie we got to talk about. we got to talk Wonder about one more Yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, I think we can all agree here that that was the DC Extended Universe, Cinematic Universe, wherever it went. Their one big win. Absolutely. Was it was Wonder Woman. Absolutely. And, and it's fair. It's completely yeah. fair. Um, and I know I've talked <clears throat> I've talked with a couple of friends about it. I think uh, my main problem was seeing it in the theater. Uh, did we go to see it in 3D? I don't think we did. I don't think so either. And so, I th- yeah, I don't think we did. I think we saw it in 2D. And the reason that I was asking was because the one complaint that I would have on the movie, which is much better on Blu-ray... 
for one reason, which is that final third act at the airport, you can see it. Yeah. You can see it on the Blu-ray release. But when I was there at the theater, I was like, what the fuck is going on? I can't like, see shit. Yeah, I can't see shit. I, like, the lights are all turned out. And then I couldn't even imagine what it must be like wearing fucking uh, polarized glasses. Yeah. You know, to see the 3D one. So that's yeah. my one complaint. Otherwise, I thought the movie was wonderful. It was. It was very good. It was very well. You know, people will say that it was um, too close to uh, Captain America. But... It wasn't. I mean, they were no. similar. They had similarities, but yeah. it wasn't like, you know, that movie was about Captain America becoming Captain America. Right. Wonder Woman was Wonder Woman. Wonder yes. Woman could do, like, they did, she didn't know the extent of her strength, but it right. didn't matter. She was going out there, whether she knew that she was, you know, the yeah. God killer or not, that she yeah. had spoilers that she ended up being. Right. Um, but, you know, you had to put it in that time period, I think, um, because part of her character in... Batman vs Superman is so heavily relying on the fact that she's been around for a long yeah and, and been conscious the whole time too so right. that's one major difference from from Captain America right there yeah and in World War Two he goes in ice and he stays there until the early two thousands yeah you know um, she's got a lot of wisdom yeah you know and it's gonna be she'd been an adult for God knows how long by the time Steve Trevor crashed on the beach there yeah you know because she's the only one on Themyscira that aged at all. Yeah. Not, nobody ever said that that took 20 years or however long they're implying she looks. Yeah. You know, that she still could have been on Themyscira for 200 years at yeah. that point, 1,000 years at that yeah. point. You know, she is a very wise, very, um, like, just noble yeah. character. You yeah. Know? And Steve, Steve Rogers is, while a good character, not, um, it's just, it's not the same. Yeah. Well, I think, I think too, one of the other things I really liked about Wonder Woman was it backed up what I said about Batman vs. Superman, which is, so at the end of, we're going to do some spoilers here, it's unavoidable, but, so, spoiler, everybody, holy shit, big spoilers here. So, at the end of Wonder Woman, you see her fight the God of War. Like, this is her brother, I think they literally call her her brother, and it's clear that she is the daughter of Zeus. And, you know, the brother of Ares. And she fucks him up. Like, she kills him. Yeah. Took her a minute to come into it. Yeah. To get to that. But yeah, right. she did. Yeah. So you have that. This is a person who, during World War One killed a god. Comes back in Batman versus Superman after getting picked up. Or, like, you know, kind of called out by Bruce Wayne. She shows up. And while Superman and Batman are like, holy shit, this doomsday guy is pretty strong. I don't know what to do. She's just she looks like she's having fucking fun. <laughs> like, dude, yeah. I mean, that whole scene where she like where she's going like toe to toe with doomsday. Face, like, yeah, and, hey. and he knocks her on the ground. And she like slides against the ground and then just kind of looks up and smiles. <laughs> like, oh, I haven't done this in a while. Like, you know, here I come. Like. That was great. That was fantastic for that movie. Yeah. You know? And, like, I know a lot of people were like, well, she just comes in at the end of Batman vs. Superman, like, you know, and just wails on it. It's like, yes, she does. Because up until that point, you don't have a character that can go up against Diana Prince. Right. Wonder Woman. Literally no one in that movie except Superman could go up against her. And let's be honest. At some point, if she finds a piece of green rock, she'd kill him. <laughs> yeah. It'd be a very short fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah. No, she's 
she's the, a staple right now in the DC Extended Universe. And one of the things I said for a long time was that Wonder Woman is going to be, the movie was going to be a very pivotal moment yeah. in the future of the DC Extended Universe. Because, right. and my theory was that this is what's going to happen. Wonder Woman is going to, if, one of two things, Wonder Woman is going to succeed or Wonder Woman is going to fail. Right. If the movie fails, the DC Extended Universe finishes what they've got started, right? which may or may not have been Justice League, depending on when it got released, and ultimately, in this case, what Justice League would have been made. Right. You probably weren't going to get your Suicide Squad 2, even though that was popular. Right. Um, you're not going to get your Flash movie. It's not going to happen. No. You were not going to get a sequel to Justice League. Nope. You weren't going to get another Superman. You were going to get... Batman. You were mm-hmm. going to get a Batman movie. It was going to be a last hurrah. They were going to pull out all the stops. Yeah. And that was going to end the DCEU. Yeah. If it succeeded, it's going to open the door to really blow this ex- the, the extended universe open and give us way more options for movies because they've proven that they can do it. Yeah. Or, more accurately, they've proven that they can let a director do it without yeah. sticking their hand in and ruining a, and ruining a good yes, movie. exactly. Um, so... I'm hoping that Warner Brothers learned from that experience and and won't go forward trying to micromanage any more movies. Yeah. Um, Which it seems like they had started to get away from. I mean, like, look, I'm, I'm extremely sad about what happened to Zack Snyder. But Warner Brothers is smart enough to look around their directors and go, who can we get to fix this? And they got Joss Whedon, who did the first Avengers movie, and did he do the second one? I think he did yeah, the second one. Too. So... Two two big movies with whole cast of people. They were smart enough to go, let's get this guy to come in here and fix it. And for all intents and purposes, it doesn't look like they've really been fucking with him. Yeah, it seems like they've given him freedom to do what he wants to with the movie. Yeah. Which I think is good. I think that's good. I'm hoping that that he takes, keeps with Zack Snyder's vision. Right. I like the grittiness, like you said, not necessarily dark, but human. I like the grittiness from Zack Snyder. Um, But he has... um, a knack for uh, script and yes. knowing where and when things need to be added to tie the plot together. Yeah. And um, I think that him getting a hold of the movie at the point he did was yeah. the best thing for it. Oh, yeah. I think that him getting the hold of the movie earlier yeah. would have made a, given us a very different picture of the Justice League. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad that, that Zack Snyder got to it to the point. And I'm not glad, you know, obviously not glad about what happened to Zack Snyder. Absolutely. Um, Terrible, it's a, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a tragedy. But um, I think maybe even without that, he may have realized that he probably needed some help anyway in the yeah. movies with, with this movie. So, um, yeah, no, I, I'm hoping that they can they can continue that trend of, you know, yeah. letting letting them make their own movies. Because you're talking about, they're talking about casting Shazam now. Yeah, that's gonna be that. That movie could be awesome. Yeah, it could be fantastic. I wish they'd go ahead and put Shazam and Black Adam in the same movie. Yeah, um, save us the trouble of making two of them because one of them may not even end up getting made in the long run if, if you know. Yeah, the box office doesn't keep performing well for superhero movies, or superhero Which, movies don't. Keep let's be honest, I think it will. Much. Even though people keep saying like, "Well, the superhero movie genre is about to die," it's like, no, it's, no, not. it's not. Like every time a new movie comes out, people shit their pants and go and see it. <laughs> right. Which is fine because I'm one of those people shitting my pants to go see it. Right. Like yeah. I don't know about you, but when I saw the Black Panther uh, trailer for it, shit my pants. I'm gonna go see it. Like, yeah. I, you know, I, yeah. I, I don't get it, man. People love to just keep saying that it's the downfall of that. My feeling for it is you can't have a downfall of a genre that is essentially our myth tales. 
Right. That's what it is. Like, you know, it's the same same idea of like Greek mythology, Roman mythology is these heroic tales. And if if they tighten a little bit of it and they bring some of these stories a little bit tighter and start making them a little bit more dramatic and really, you know, work towards making these movies not just some of the cookie cutterness that's been there. Like I thought Guardians of the Galaxy one and two were absolutely brilliant movies yeah, that came I agree. out. Yeah. You know? Um I thought Ant Man was good, but Ant Man kind of followed the same formula like we've all talked about before. It was fun and different for some areas. But for the primarily it's just, you know, it was kind of the same origin storyness. But yeah, I think I think they're starting to deal with that. Like Anybody that walks up to you and says it's Civil War 3, or I'm sorry, Captain America 3 Civil Civil War, wasn't one of the most important superhero movies is out of their fucking mind. Mm-hmm. Dude, the end of that when, um, oh shit, what's his name? Baron, uh, it's it's the guy. The guy that set the whole thing up, and I can't think of what his I name I can think is. of what he would look like in the comics with his, like, yellow stripe and the purple mask. Yeah, the purple mask. I can't yeah. think of what his name is either. Um... But yeah, when he's when because it was Daniel um, Brumde uh, or Brum Brumel Bramel from uh, shit Rush, mm-hmm. um, but when he's sitting there on that on that whole thing and uh, you know Black Panther essentially tells him like, well you failed, like I I caught you. And he's just like I'm failed. Like look at what I did to him. Like, I tore this team apart. I tore everything that you guys thought you had apart and very easily. Right. You know? And that that was a flip on that common, like, s- s- superhero movie where you just have a, you know, a, an enemy that's just going to come out there and fight with them, throw a couple of fists back and forth. You know, then you have a movie like Doctor Strange came out, and the whole end of that movie is Doctor Strange hitting the big bad guy with a technicality. Right. You know? Like, that was great. That I've was come to bargain. Yeah. Dormammu. Yeah. Great, <laughs> Squish. Great issue. Like that's yeah. But I think that's the way that these comic book movies survive is by accepting the fact that you can't just keep telling the same stories over and over again. You have to start venturing in these different types of stories. And I think they've really started to do that. Yeah. Well I think yeah. I think, you know, Marvel has an ace in the hole with the Infinity Stones. Exactly. Because yeah. they give you a way to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, like without the time stone. That battle does not happen yeah. with with Doctor with Strange. Dormammu, yeah. yeah, it just you can't have it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm interested to see what they do with that with Justice League because obviously you've got, I mean, Barry Allen's your Time Stone. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, I'd like to see him bring in some of the magic. Yeah. To the DCU because yeah. some of the magic would be the equivalent of probably some of the Infinity Stones. Well, not um, only that, but it's one of the only ways that you can defeat Superman. Like, right? Literally, he's got two. It's like he magic can't, and Kryptonite. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, he can, he can hold his breath for a long time, too. But supposedly, he's not supposed to be able to just, like, fly around space either forever because he's right. got to breathe. But, yeah, I mean, magic magic and a green stone, that's that's your two ones. And <laughs> right. if you don't have magic, then you're missing something that can literally fuck up, you know, someone who can't be stopped. Right. So, right. Yeah. So, I, I'm interested to see, because that's coming. Yeah. They're, oh, doing, yeah. They're, they're apparently doing Justice League Dark. Yeah. Which yeah, gets which me excited. Wonderful. Gets me excited because I, I actually did go ahead and buy the animated one. Yeah. Um, if they don't it. get the guy that played Constantine though for uh, the NBC show, they're yeah. out of their fucking mind. Well, that guy was. We talked about so this before too. We agree that you shouldn't be limited because you were in a TV show playing character yeah. from playing the movie version of the yeah. character. However, he was in Arrow. 
too. Oh, as was Constantine. He? Yeah, he did cameo a few times in, nice. in Arrow as Constantine because they went ahead and go ahead. Oh, tied they're him gonna in. get him. <laughs> yeah, you know. So he's been in this 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 uh, Arrowverse, is what yeah, what it's yeah. called. Been in the Arrowverse, so they're not gonna cast him for it, and it's a shame because he was good. And I think he's wonderful. He. I like the others as those characters. Like, I really like, like we talked about, you know. Oh, Melissa Benoist for Supergirl. And, and Grant and Gustin. Grant I Gustin. Think great yeah. versions of those characters. Of the, of those characters, I think the guy that played Constantine would be my favorite to try to hold that character up in a cinematic universe. I think so, too. Because, mainly because I don't know him. Yeah. You know? I yeah. just don't know him. And he did that part really well, and they canceled it, which was stupid. Right. So... <laughs> So, yeah, I'd like to see... I, I'm interested to see who they get for that. Maybe I'd like to see uh, Keanu Reeves do it again. Wouldn't be um, bad. <laughs> wouldn't be opposed to it. Wouldn't, yeah, it wouldn't be terrible. I mean, he is. He, he never ages, so... Yeah, yeah that's done with uh, John, John Wick. John 3. Yeah, I mean, we got we got a lot to look forward to with the DC Universe. Uh, I think so, too. As long as they don't they don't give up on anything. Um, at this point, we're not going to get a Cyborg movie, but I almost understand why. Yeah. You know, like, it's just... It just it just probably wouldn't work, um, yeah. But you know, we'll see. They're gonna bring out some other boxes here, and uh, that's a month and a half away, dude. For what the Justice League? Justice League, yep. Month I and know. a half. I know. So, I'm starting to get excited. I know, man. Well, we are about an hour and nine minutes into this thing, oh so I God. guess we can go ahead and call it quits. We're going to have to cut out where I accidentally did not say director's cut, so that's going to cut a couple seconds. <sighs> nah, we'll just leave that one in there. <laughs> That'll be the opener. <laughs> <laughs> Who watches the director's It might be, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. <laughs> so, oh my. Oh my. Alright, well, yeah, alright, so we're going to call it quits on this one, put it to an end, uh, dude... Love having you on here, though. Thank I'm you. sure everybody I else does. I'd love to have you back on here. Um, I ask that everybody, please, 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 like and subscribe, and most importantly, share if you are possible. You know, if you can, possible. We definitely need those shares up. It's great for us. It's great for you. The more listeners we get, the better feedback we get, and the more fun that we have doing these. So, you know, absolutely. So, all right, everybody, have a week.